You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Uh-huh. I just feel like I've been around the block, ripping up fantasy stock, working around the clock. Look at the view from the top. Researching rookies a lot? No, I just be listening to pods. Yeah, one in particular. I'm just a messenger. Let me just pass on the rock. Browning, brunning, bruning, pronouncing ain't what he's doing. What he's doing is not losing, but infusing you with new things. And there's Dennis the Bennett. Yeah. The man is a menace, yeah. Building a dynasty, some of the finest things. Promise you, you won't regret it. Mm. Slice a fox, cultured in pop. Give him his props. Here is a thought, here is a box. And you cannot compare him at all, so don't even try. Careful with the news, but when you use a take, I take up Tony Fire. I mean dire, because anyone else is a huge mistake. Whoa. Fantasy round table, fantasy, fantasy round table. Yeah. Fantasy round table, come take a look at the crown, baby. Hey. Fantasy round table, fantasy, fantasy round table. Woo. Fantasy round table come take a look at the crown baby go what is going on everybody and welcome to another episode of the fantasy football roundtable podcast it is thursday august 19th preseason week two kicks off tonight with a great game the patriots and the eagles matt and myself are here we are going to talk a little redraft stuff tonight uh, I guess it's not necessarily redraft. There's still dynasty leagues who use defense and kickers. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit of defensive defense and special team units along with our kicker rankings, how we kind of handle drafting them and what we're looking for. We are going to talk about some injuries, preseason games we are looking forward to here in week two. And then we are going to talk what if at the end of the episode, We've both been able to watch the first two episodes. It's been a really good animated series, in my opinion. Uh, even my son was into it yesterday. We watched it together, so uh, it, that was really cool for me to do. So I'm excited about that. But before we get into it, it has been a week, Matt. How you doing? How's everything going? I'm uh, I'm doing pretty good. Uh, in in the week that we've been uh, apart, I've pretty much been at work every day. Um, so looking forward to uh, hopefully being off tomorrow um also if you are playing uh, team defense and kickers in your dynasty league please throw a comment and let us know why uh i will tell you right now that i, I did we just switch i we think it's because a lot a of old school ago. people won't uh, yes don't want to like switch yes I, yeah. I know i've complained about this before in one of my home dynasty leagues about some of the dinosaurs that i play with and yes they are they were very like it was they were so against 
removing defenses that we literally played with two IDPs and still defense special teams because they felt like it was us. Like this makes no sense, guys. Makes no sense. So, Team yeah. defense has to be like potentially the most brutal uh, thing to keep in Dynasty because it can vary year to year. It's not like you can really it control. Does. IDP makes a little more sense. So if you're playing team defense, maybe going over to IDP would make a little more sense. I think the only thing that I trust about team defenses is that it seems like whoever the highest scoring team was last year is not going to do that next year. And that's about it. That That's about the only thing I trust about team defenses. But let's talk a little bit of the news uh, before we get into uh, some of the preseason uh, stuff. Chase Claypool injures his ankle, but he was out back out there again today on the practice field. So yeah. hopefully we're good. Nothing to worry about. I don't know. At first they were calling it like a minor high ankle sprain. I don't really like to hear high ankle sprain because we've seen those linger and come back to bite people. I think it's a good sign he's back out there. Um, you know, I read some of the injury guys on, on Twitter. Um, it's, everyone seemed pretty optimistic he'd be fine for the season, so let's hope that's true. You definitely don't like to see any kind of injuries like that with guys who are more of home run threats. And I think that's yeah. where we saw Claypool kind of thriving the best. Something to keep an eye on for sure. Yeah. I would think if it's even questionable, you're not going to see him out here at least probably the next two games. I would think they're just yeah. going to hold him out. Let him go. I mean, he looked great in the hall of fame game alone. You don't really need him. On the play. Exactly. He makes a diving play lands on his shoulder. All of a sudden, even I'm, you know, I'm not the biggest Claypool fan. He was just like, no, why are you doing this chase? Cause it looks like he's injured. Now you do it again. I think at this point it's time. Hey, let's just let him, he can practice. Let's not put him out you know, there anymore. You really do get a feel, though, for these, especially some of these younger competitive athletes. I don't know if you've been watching Hard Knocks, but I was really taken in that uh, first episode, which was the Hall of Fame game on the other side with Dallas. Micah Parsons is pretty much on the phone pleading with Dan Quinn to go back out there, um, which kind of tells you know. You hear more some of the older veterans saying, you know, I don't really miss training camp two-a-days, and I'm not really into the preseason. But for the, a lot of these young guys, they're like, let's go. Yeah, and it is it is it is awesome to see. Speaking of young guys, Justin Fields' groin injury. Uh, no, it doesn't sound like it's too serious. They're saying that he is likely actually going to play this weekend. So that mm-hmm. means that that is good, obviously. I want to see him back out there. I think out of – all of the rookie quarterbacks, I thought he had the best game last mm-hmm. weekend. I know Trey Lenz had, had the great touchdown pass. Dude was wide open, though. Fields looked really good. You know, I know Dalton seems to think that this is his time to shine and, and Justin Fields can hold on a minute. I don't know that Bears fans and the Bears coaching staff will believe that much longer, but uh, it does look like he's going to play at least. Well, and didn't it feel like, Potentially this uh, revelation of a groin injury for a guy that had like an all-world game performance out there could be a justification for, oh, well, you know, we're not going to yeah. rush Justin Fields out for week one against Aaron Donald. I wouldn't be surprised. I, I still don't think he starts week one. No. But it does Just feel because. like it's by the time you go to that game in September, it's feeling more realistic than it did to me a few I months ago. So. I hope I'm not so. trying I- to give you false hopes, but. It does no, seem no, like the I got you, yeah. more on the wall. 
I, I wouldn't be surprised if he's out there week two. But yeah, week one does definitely seem like it. it's one of those things. And I hate to say this about, you know, because I do think Andy Dalton is he's an above average quarterback. I, I think yeah. he, you know. Well, it's a bummer for him. He was trying to find a starting job, and it's like, hey, all I got to do is uh, be better than Mitch. God damn it. I mean, I I think – I was trying to think in my head. I was going to say I don't think he's one of the best starting 32, but I say that, and I'm like, like, I think he could probably start over Sam Darnold in in Carolina. He should have picked Houston because that would have ended up being a a lead pipe cinch, you know. Well, maybe he goes to Houston. Who knows? We we don't know. I I, I would say so. Uh, yeah, he's one of the I best. He's more likely to make Foles than than Dalton oh, because yeah, I mean we've probably. seen with the injuries and everything, having a reliable veteran backup um, makes a ton of sense. Like I'm not hoping Teddy Bridgewater wins the starting job in Denver, but I'm not right. sad if he's if he's my bench option and it's not the Jeff Driscoll or Brett Rippon show. I mean, with the rate that quarterbacks get banged up, it's it's good to have some insurance. Yeah, for sure. So I, I definitely think he goes out there week one. We'll see what happens after that. Um, it does kind of suck for him because now that we say that, I do think he's probably one of the best starting 32 quarterbacks in the league. He, he just keeps getting kind of passed over. But, I mean, nothing against Andy Dalton. I think Justin Fields just kind of – He's got more talent at this point. Well, yeah. well, you know, I I can't say that he'll be better for than Dalton for sure because Dalton did put together a lot of really good years. We haven't seen what Fields can do yet, but I just think based on where they are in their careers, I would I would if I'm Matt Nagy taking my shot uh, with Justin Fields uh, over Andy Dalton. So I do wonder. I was going to ask you. Obviously, a lot was made. Justin Fields had a great performance, and then pretty quickly afterward, commented on the speed of the game. Um, saying it seemed slow to him. You know, I I think that got blown out of proportion a little bit, but it does make you wonder if some of these defenses are going to be trying to show him up even more than they do. <laughs> I got bad news. Even for more you, than they do anyway. Have you not noticed why you can't you can't get into Slack yet? It's it's been fun, buddy. It's been fun. No, um, yeah, I thought uh no, I, I would, I would never, I would never. It was, it was so, it was so much fun to to meet him in person this past weekend, and just everybody assuming we would hate you. We didn't get to do our face off pick. I'm, a, I'm a actually a little disappointed in that, but yeah, I, I brought that up actually at the expo. We were, we were talking about that. I was talking about that with Felix and the, and the group about how I loved when they asked him that Saturday afternoon because I didn't get to catch the end of the game. I was yeah. at the Dynasty Nerds party hosted by by Rich fantastic party it was a whole lot of fun he had like a 90 inch tv i think up in his and his man cave that we were watching the game on before we left uh so we got to see most of justin fields and we stayed through like the end of the third quarter i think we left a little bit into the fourth uh, as we left so i didn't catch the end of the game uh and i saw the comments when we got into canton because we we drove and we were talking a bunch of us were talking and i saw that he said that and i was like i love that he made that comment because i feel like that was that was one of the few times we've seen Justin Fields kind of step out of like the typical answer box and kind of throw it back in the face of all these people who said like he can't process and, and all that stuff. So I love the way that he answered that question. I thought it was it was great, and I believe it. I thought he played really well. He said, "I'll be honest. I mean, I thought Zach Wilson played really well too. I, th- I thought all of them played well. Mac yeah. Jones, Trevor Lawrence. So it, it was definitely really cool to see those guys play. And then we'll talk about those guys here in a minute as well with the." with the week two games 
Uh, the last little bit of news here, Josh Rosen and Tim Tebow were released. Uh, do you think this is the end of the uh, and the NFL careers for both of them? I think it for sure is for Tebow. Um, I, I think I, like many, were a little bit surprised that he, he came back and was giving it a go at tight end. Um, it's been almost a decade since he was last in camp. That's not a super easy transition to make for anyone, let alone somebody who's been playing baseball for a while. Um, Rosen, probably. Um, it's interesting because he was highly coveted uh, to go on the practice squad for Tampa Bay. I'll be curious to see if they end up putting him back there um, or if, you know, they went and got Kyle Trask. So that might be the guy they're looking toward the future with. Uh, but he basically got poached off the practice squad by San Francisco, who then never really uh, put him in the game and then went and got Trey Lance. So I understand why they, they don't need him. Maybe he's never progressed. Um, you know, there's, Potentially a team that's desperate enough. I think it's more likely he ends up in like an XFL or a CFL uh, and would have to show out to, to get another shot somewhere. Yeah, I'd be curious to see if someone does sign him and puts him on a, on a taxi squad. But I think the fact that he's gone – or not taxi squad, that's the fantasy term for it, the practice squad, yeah. uh, NFL term. I'd, I'd be curious to see if anybody else takes a shot on him. I, I just I don't see it happening at this point. You know, it sucks for him because even though I wasn't as sold on him as the other QBs in his class, he's also never really gotten a fair shot to do anything. Um, and so you always wonder if if that was the reason. You know, is it some behind the scenes we don't know about, like what's going on at practice in these buildings? Like you said, Tampa Bay did seem like they wanted to hold on to him, but they got Kyle Trask. I would think maybe they clearly believe in Kyle Trasmore. It doesn't seem like anybody has, has reached out to him. But, uh, you know, I'd be curious to see if he ends up landing anywhere. So let's talk preseason week two here. Uh, and the top game that you have listed is the game tonight. And I am very yeah. interested in this game as well. So tell me what you're looking forward to between the Patriots and the Colts. Well, I think uh, for New England, uh, it's the continuing evolution both of quarterbacks and the running backs. Um, those are probably two areas we don't have a great feel for right now. Also, if there's any wide receiver that we think is worth anything. Um, I think Hunter Henry's still out, so you're not really seeing that two tight end thing. Cam Newton was okay. I liked what I saw from Mac Jones, but it didn't seem like they let him do a ton. Uh, I like to see a little more progression there. And, you know, we need to get a chance to evaluate Hurts. With some of these weapons, I know people have been posting a lot of these uh, sort of circus catches from Rager and Quez Watkins. It's exciting. Devonta Smith is going to play. Um, would like to get a look at them against, you know, this Patriots defense. We should start seeing more starters play uh, for a little bit longer in these games. So starting to get a feel for, you know, what some of these teams are going to look like. Um, but to kind of teams we probably have a lot of questions about how they come together uh, and usually a good matchup it's on NFL Network so everybody the three that I'm picking to highlight are either on NFL Network or on one of the networks uh, so everybody sh if you subscribe should have a chance to see it yeah Devonta Smith getting a chance to play tonight was huge and, and something I wanted to watch him mean, it, it's just these younger guys you know seeing hurts out there a little bit I know he met, he made a comment that he's not as worried about Smith they had time to play together obviously at Alabama 
So they've got good chemistry. They've been doing good in practice, but I'd still like to see him out there in a game playing. Like to continue to see the development of Rager. He's obviously looked a lot better from everything we're hearing in practices. I'd like to see it happen um, in some of these games as well. You know, he's got both of us really liked last year. Uh, then Mac Jones, you know, you just talked about, I thought he played really well in that game. How much of them do we get to see tonight? Um, I think it was, uh, was it Mike Reese? Someone was reporting from Patriots camp. And I want to say it was Mike Reese was talking about how it just looks different when Mac Jones is the one doing stuff in practice compared to Cam. Uh, and I'm very interested to see what that looks like here. Uh, one of the games for me that I am looking forward to, obviously I'll just go down the list of them. We could just kind of, you know, if there's a game you want to highlight, um, I'll, we'll kind of stop on it really quick. So the next two games are the Chiefs and Cardinals, Bengals, Washington. For me, there's not really much. And either one of those games we're talking about, we know Burrow's not going to play, so that kind of takes that away from the Bengals. Uh, Bills-Bears, that's another game we just talked about. Justin Fields are saying he is going to play. I want to obviously get a chance to see any of that game just to see if Field, how good he looks. Does he get, you know, last I, I read Matt Nagy said he's actually going to get to play with the ones a little bit in this game. So is that them kind of slowly moving more towards um, him of being a starter uh, faster uh, than a lot of people thought. Then you get Jets Packers. That is um, obviously Zach Wilson, Aaron Rodgers. That should be a good game. Falcons, Dolphins, Ravens, Panthers, Lions, Steelers, Titans, Bucks, Texans, Cowboys, Colts, Vikings, Rams, Raiders, Broncos, Seahawks are all on Saturday. So a yep. full Loaded day Saturday. Saturday games, which is, hey, great, because yep. I've got my home Dynasty League draft going on Saturday. So Get a couple games on food, drafting should be a lot of fun. Then Sunday, you get the Browns Giants. Uh, I'm obviously excited about that game with the Browns. Sounds like Baker's actually going to get to play a little bit in this game. I was hoping to see a little bit of him in that game uh, last week. He did not play, so get to see Hopefully. him out there a little oh, bit. Oh, Dale gets to posterize his old team. That would be a lot of fun to watch as well. Then you get the 49ers and Chargers, Matt, on Sunday night. Yep, this was one of uh, the ones I wanted to highlight. Uh, it's going to be on the NFL Network. I don't know about you, but usually I look forward to seeing Sunday night, Monday night games. We actually get them this week in preseason, so I threw both of them on there. And this has uh, an interesting matchup. You know, get to see Trey Lance again, um, get to see him going, uh, continue to see what hopefully a little bit of Justin Herbert and that offense in a new system, see what Brandon Staley has been able to do with that defense. I think it's a couple of interesting young teams. Should be a fun one. Absolutely. And then the last game on the schedule for week two is the Jags versus Saints, as you mentioned, on Monday night. So we get to see another game of Trevor Lawrence. And what's going on with the Saints QB battle? How much is Jameis Winston going to be out there? How much Taysom Hill? Do they that have a professional really receiver on their team? Yeah, should be a lot of a lot of fun to watch. But is was that kind of the reason why you wanted to tune into it? Yeah, I mean – Jags, you know, I want to see Lawrence. Uh, and also, you know, we're curious to see how running back, receiver, tight end is developing with Jacksonville. Saints, you know, we know Kamara is good, and that's the only thing we know about the Saints offense anymore. They have a pretty decent defense, uh, or did last year, and still have the same personnel. So that should be a good challenge for the Jaguars. But, you know, Taysom Hill and Jameis Winston didn't look impressive uh, in week one to the point that some were pondering whether Ian Book was going to get a legitimate shot at this job, which I think probably gave uh, most of the campus to Canton crew a hard attack. Um, that kind of tells you how bad they are. <laughs> 
Uh, but wide receiver too, you know, Marquez Callaway's out there. Harris still has that patent pending uh, suspension. Traquan Smith's been banged up. It looks like they might have white lightning Chris Hogan out there uh, running the old Michael Thomas routes. So maybe this is part of the reason these receivers don't look great. You know, Adam Troutman went from being tight end three to hear our only hope, Adam. Uh, so I have a lot of questions about the Saints. That's that's probably the team, I'll be honest, the last month or so that I've waffled the most when I'm doing my projections for playoffs. Like I yeah. thought no no brainer lock. They'll, they probably won't win their division, but they're still a playoff team. Now I'm like, are they a playoff team? There are enough other NFC teams that it wouldn't shock me to see the Saints roll a like eight and nine, seven and ten. Yeah, it's they're they're definitely one of the more intriguing teams just because there's so like, as you just mentioned, so many question marks and around so much like I still think their defense is gonna be good, but that offense is just one giant question mark. And so well, I they have, might have the worst receiving core in the league right yeah. now with with Thomas unavailable and potentially Harris and Traquan Smith, I mean, it gets thin. Yeah. And, and no, like if breeze was there, I would feel okay about it still because you know, mm. he'll make, he'll make plays for guys, but I just don't know what to think with Winston and or Taysom Hill. I really just don't know mm. what to think. And, I, and I, probably I think a combination of the two. Yeah, I, I, not having uh, not having the weapons, I think, hurts them just a little bit. The only reason now they may may settle on more Winston is so that they can throw Hill out there as a receiver. Because, then, honestly, then they, they're low. Yeah. I, I don't know if you saw the report Ty Montgomery converted back to being a full-time wide receiver. I did not see that. But, I, I mean, I because guess that Because they don't have receivers. They don't have anybody. They said that's why they signed Devonta Freeman is because Ty Montgomery has now gone back to being a full-time receiver for this season. Wow. Going to be yeah. fun. Going to be fun in New Orleans. That New Orleans, that is for sure. All right. So let's talk about our top 12 defense, special teams, units, and kickers. Matt, I'll kick it off here to you first. What do you look for when drafting defense and special teams in your drafts? And when when do you typically draft them? Yeah, so I redraft, uh, you know, when I take it, when I, ha- I only have them in a few of our redraft leagues. Um, I usually will pretty much wait until the last two rounds, you know, maybe third from the end. You know, if you're if you're on a standard like 16 roster, anything 14th round or beyond, depending on how I feel about what's left. You know, if I'm just grabbing a guy that's a deep stash and I see a top defense, my issue is it seems like a lot depending on who you're playing with, but a lot of times guys will start gunning for defense in the eighth, ninth, or tenth round. I'm just not there. Yeah, and I'm I'm a hundred percent with you. I don't think I've ever drafted a defense unless it's in the last two rounds. I just don't see the point. Talked about it a little bit at the beginning of the episode. Typically the team that ends up finishing the year prior as the best defense doesn't do that. And you always see someone reach for that defense. Uh, back when Seattle had the Legion of Boom, Pittsburgh's always a very popular choice as well. They're always a very good defensive unit, but they don't always finish at the top. And I just don't see the point in grabbing them in like round 11 or 12. And most of the drafts, the redrafts even that I'm in are like 18 rounds. So that's still six rounds worth of, yeah, you may end up taking a defense that finishes top five instead of a player who maybe never even sees the field. But, like, 
that's guys like Marvin Jones. Uh, you know, yeah. I, I was looking at a thing earlier today. Jalen Waddle right now in redraft leagues has mm-hmm. a ADP in the 13th round. I'm taking Jalen Waddle over any defense and special teams unit right now. Like, if Waddle ends up becoming the one in Miami, this offense is a lot better than we think it is. You got yourself probably a flex option some week. So I'm the same way as you. There are 12. I did rank 12 defenses. I, I, I joked in our chat that I had like five. I, I ranked the top 12. And I'm going to be honest, the only reason I ranked the top 12 is because like the Browns didn't make the top five. So I had to go deep enough to like get them in there because I do think they're going to be a good defensive unit this year. Uh, but realistically, when I play, most of the time, I'm just streaming defenses. If I don't get one of the top, say, three to five, then I go just completely based on what the week one matchup is and then matchups. stream after that. Yeah, now, yeah. if I get – there was a, the Titans a couple of years ago. I think it was two years ago. Like, I, I wasn't – I didn't draft them. I was picking up another team that I was streaming here and there, and then I got the Titans because someone dropped them, and they were good. They were consistently getting mm-hmm. me like six – 10 points, and I just rode with them the rest of the season because I was like, you know what? They're doing good. I'm going to keep it. So if that happens, I will happily ride with the defense. But most of the time, I am playing kind of matchups and then going here and there. How, how do you usually attack your your defenses when you do? Do you stream? Do you, if you can get one of those, say, one of the top defenses falls to you, are you taking that and then just kind of riding with them the rest of the season? Yeah, so probably what scares me the most uh, with defenses, especially with the way they do defensive scoring, is I'm looking for a team that has a better than average chance of getting sacks and forcing turnovers. If they can get a score, that's a bonus. But you also want people uh, defense <clears throat> that isn't going to give up a ton of points and yardage. And that's where it can be very matchup-based because the worst thing in the world is to have a great performance and have your defense take five points off the rest of your team uh, with its performance. So even great defenses, you have to rotate to the bench. I also... I will alter my strategy. I I prefer the stream, but when you're playing, so like my work league is a great example. When I saw people not only going in the ninth or 10th round, but starting to stack two and three defenses on their roster, it soon became clear to me. I wasn't going to be able to stream. So or wasn't going to have the greatest streaming options. And if I dropped a good defense because I recognized that that week matchup-wise they were going to be terrible, I might never get them back. So I tried to, you know, then I tried to pivot and think about somebody who maybe isn't going to win for me but isn't going to kill me. That's what makes defense and special teams to me much more volatile than kicker. Yeah, because um, usually kickers have a pretty you can find one that has a pretty safe floor. You're always going to have a weird game where a team gets shut out or guy got one field goal opportunity and shanked it and the team scored one touchdown. And he basically gave you a zero because he made an extra point and shanked a field goal. But defense and special teams, I just am trying to avoid any negative numbers. Yeah, I'm right there with you. So that. You know, kind of the stuff we talk about, you got to know your league. And so if you see, obviously, a bunch of defenses going off the board and you're only in the 12th or 13th round, then, yes, go grab one because you don't want to be stuck with, say, the Houston Texans defense this year. It's not going to be good for you. Or be, you'd be better to just not say, start anything in that position. You're doing a collegial point. work league and your wife's so into it that she wants to make shirts and she's told you she's going to help you draft your team. You go with it. Yeah, exactly. Yes, yes. Anything. Yeah. Happy wife, happy life. Happy wife, happy life. It's only because she's standing right there looking at me. I love you. <laughs> anyway, oh, you can hear her laughing in the background now. So, anyways, uh, yeah. So for me, but I am the same. 
I am with you on that. If if you have to grab him early that as part of the league, it's just because everybody else is doing it. I, I don't suggest being the top one to get it. Let's go ahead. Let's rank our top 12 defenses, and then we'll talk about kickers. Uh, for me, number one, I stuck with Tampa Bay. With them bringing everybody back and how good they look toward the back end of last year, I don't see any way how they don't put it together and at least be one of the top defenses. You have an offense that's going to put up a ton of points. It's going to put pressure on the other team's offense to try and keep up with them. It's going to likely lead uh, to some turnovers for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So they're in my number one defense. Who's yours? So our friend Dennis took the Washington football team as his number one, which I thought was interesting, believing in Ron Rivera there. I uh, I heard what you said about repeating, but I still have the Rams as number one. Uh, you know, so I where did, hang on, I just the Rams have here. been in the top five each of the last three yeah. years. They haven't always been number one, but they were two, and then they were five, and then they were one. I looked, I I did so much research. I looked at the last three years of fantasy scoring oh, nice. on fantasy pros. Um, so that made me feel a little better that even if they, it's kind of like how I feel when I put Mahomes as number one. If he doesn't right. finish as number one, I wouldn't be shocked, but it seems like he's got a consistent track record. And they've done that with different defensive coordinators too. So even though Staley rotates out, they still have Aaron Donald. They still have uh, Jalen Ramsey. I think they'll be good. Oh yeah. So I have them as my, my third team so yeah i'm right there with you i don't i don't think there's any shot well i guess i can't say there's no shot they finish outside of top five but they've just been so consistent on defense even when their offense has been horrible and jared golf has turned the ball over they still have been a top scoring defense every single year so i am right there with you um i do have washington in my top five as well as well not not one uh they're sitting at four but number two for you I'm curious to see where he goes. I don't think either one of you have the team that I have. And I'm so number two for me, I, I was the same as uh, what you had before, which is Tampa Bay. And then Dennis had the Rams as number two. I have the Miami Dolphins. I, I have them up there decently. They were, they were uh, number four in scoring last year. Yeah, that's so – I just think with with them bringing back some of those guys a second year here now in Flores' system, that team really looks poised to take a huge jump forward. They were in the playoff race last year. I think they're all going to get it turned around. They are my number two team. Um, And then, as I mentioned, I have the Rams there at three, who you have at one. Dennis has it two. So who's your three? Both Dennis and I have the Baltimore Ravens at three. Okay. I have Baltimore a little bit down the list. So not a, tell me, tell me why you have them uh, here at three. Um, they've been pretty consistent about being up in the, in the top 10. They have a lot of playmakers and I think that's their formula kind of rushing in defense. They aren't apt to let games get away from them that often. All right. So my three, as I mentioned, was the Rams. My four is the Washington football team. Um, I, I am, Kind of, like I could see them jumping up, possibly even a one. They do have a really good defense, a lot of really young players on it. Ron Rivera has always had very good defenses as well, and I and I think Washington is going to be a team that competes for the NFC East. Uh, so I'm all in on on the Washington football team as well. They are a team that I, I mean, I say this, and I haven't looked at like ESPN's rankings or anything. Uh, I, if everybody has them ranked high, then they won't be. But they're one of the defenses I think could slip because a lot of people don't realize how th- good they are, and they're one of the ones that I would target. Uh, where do you or who do you have here at four? So uh, Dennis at four has your your boys, the Cleveland Browns. Very bullish mm-hmm. on them. Uh, me number four, I have the Denver Broncos. Uh, so okay. in 2018, 
uh, when Fangio was running Chicago, they their defense finished as number one. Um, I have had high hopes for Denver's defense. We haven't quite seen them achieve that level in years. Uh, they have yet, with Fangio being there, to have a season where they had Vaughn Miller and Chubb on the field for all the games. You know, together they played like one half of one game together. Um, it's tracking like they're going to be there this year, and their secondary um, is incredible. Justin Simmons, Kareem Jackson at the safety position. Their top four corners are Kyle Fuller, Ronald Darby, Bryce Callahan, and Patrick Sertan the second. Um, so they're rolling pretty stout in the secondary. I like what they have in the middle. I think that Fangio defense in 18 with Chicago, um, because the offense wasn't always even or incredibly robust, we forget they created a lot of turnovers, a lot of sacks, and did a lot of disruption. I think Denver's defense is going to need to do the same thing and has uh, that potential. All right. Very interesting. I do have them in my top 12, but I do not have them quite uh, quite that high. But I would not be surprised if they do. Like you said, they, they have really not had Miller and Chubb healthy at the same time, which matters. If you can get that pressure on the quarterback with, with the cornerbacks that they have as well, you could lead to some turnovers. To, uh, to answer your question, too, uh, ESPN has Washington ranked ninth overall. Matthew Berry has them as number two. Uh, I mean, I, you know, I understand. Well, I'm you were just that, wondering so. if people were going. No, to no, yeah, yeah, I'm saying, I'm saying, like, I have him up there. The fact that he has him at two. It, well, wait, Dennis I was, has him at one. Oh, I know. I was I was saying I was going to make a joke about him being a homer because I would do the same thing. But no, they are very good. They're they're. I do think there's no way they're outside of the top five unless, which is another thing that's happened. If we're all, all being honest, they have had like a bunch of weird injuries over the past couple of years. So if that happens, I can see them them dropping back. But I think they're going to be really good this year. So that puts us at five. And for me, at five, I've got the Patriots. I, I just don't see. You know, they've got all those guys coming back who opted out last year. And I just, as much as I hate to admit it, I mean, Bill is the greatest of all time at coaching. I don't see any way that he lets this team be that bad again. I think this defense is going to get flipped and turned around, especially if, if uh, Mac Jones ends up starting. I think the offense is going to be a little bit better, not have so many turnovers or shortened drives like they did with Cam Newton. Uh, so I expect this defense to be really good here. So I have them sitting here at five. Who is yours and Dennis's fifth-ranked defense? We great minds think alike, I guess. We are both the same. Number five, we want the 49ers. Um, and the 49ers, to me, it always depends on health. Uh, they have the the personnel usually. Um, you might have some more questions about the secondary, but it's usually whether they can stay healthy. Who is your guys' number six? So Dennis has Denver at six, uh, and I have the Pittsburgh Steelers. I have the Steelers as well, so we are in mind there. Uh, the only thing that worries me about the Steelers is if Ben Ben looked better uh, from everything we're here. He looks better, definitely looks slimmer than he has uh, as of uh, recently. I just am a little bit worried that if he's not quite as good as we expect him to be, uh, my wife just said Ben sucks out loud, which is uh, you know, weird. Being a you picked a good one. 
Yeah, but uh, I did. But she's a Steelers fan. I mean, I would never say that about my quarterback. Hey. Even when Brandon Whedon was the Browns quarterback, he's the best. Even though I knew he sucked. Uh, anyways, <laughs> uh, the Steelers. That's that's the the one thing I am a little worried Brandon about. Is just cried himself to sleep tonight all uh, over again. Yeah, you have no idea. I'm so glad we have Baker Mayfield. My goodness. Uh, I, I'm a little bit worried about that. But you know, I talked I talked about this actually when we were in Canton. Um, just uh, how much I how much I respect Mike Tomlin. He is one of the best coaches. I think they'll get it figured out. They're going to turn around. I just I can't I can't quit as much as I hate to say this because I hate the Steelers. I can't quit the Steelers. They're just too good, too good of an organization. I think that defense is going to be just fine, even though they've lost some of the the guys last year. Uh, so so I am with you on the Steelers. I think they're going to be really good. Who did who'd you say Dennis had theirs again? Dennis had Denver. Denver, gotcha. Okay. Uh, so that puts us at what are we at seven now? One, seven. two, three, four, five, six, seven. I have Denver. That is that is where I brought Denver in again. I think you know for me, really, when I look at this, I probably could say my top ten. I can see switching around anywhere within these like top. I don't know if they get to one, but I can see a lot of these teams being interchangeable. And a lot of it was what you mentioned. Just seeing Chubb and Miller hopefully healthy all season long out there. You talked about the cornerbacks that they brought in there. I don't know much about their linebackers, but just having such good cornerbacks and a defensive line, I think is massive to your defense being successful. Um, I think that they're going to be much better. I mean, I picked them to make the playoffs in our first uh, our first run through on the yeah. schedule, and I think I'm probably going to do it again. I just I think Denver's going to be a very good team this year. Dennis went with Buffalo, and I went with your Cleveland Browns. So apparently, you're the lowest on the Browns defense. I am. I am. It's not. Uh, I'm just worried about the injuries. We'll talk about it. I, they're coming up. They're only one more spot away. So. Yep. So those were our sevens at eight. Um, I have the Miami Dolphins, which you had earlier, and Dennis has uh, the Steelers. Gotcha. All right. So I'm the only one who seems to have this team. Well, maybe you guys have in your top 10. I guess we're only at eight here, right? Eight. God, I keep, I didn't number yeah. it. I just put them in order here. Okay. So at eight, I have the Colts. Uh, I still think that they have a very good defense. Darius Leonard is an absolute beast, uh, especially now with Carson Wentz coming back. You know, obviously I'm a little bit worried about their schedule to start off the season. Uh, it's as we talked about when we heard about the Wentz injury, it's, it's very brutal. Uh, but overall, this is a very good defensive unit. I think that they can easily be a top 10 defense again. So I went Colts here at eight. Uh, at nine, that is where I put Cleveland. And my biggest fear with them is I just don't love their linebacking core. Uh, defensive line is incredible as long as Clowney stays healthy because they did lose Olivier Vernon, obviously, to the injury. Uh, Sheldon Richardson, less to a lot of people may not realize Sheldon Richardson's stepped up in a major way last year when Miles Garrett was dealing with COVID. He was a major piece of that all, that defensive line. So losing those two guys, if J if Clowney doesn't stay healthy, I think that's going to hurt a little bit because we've seen as great as Miles Garrett is, he can get shut down against some of the better offensive lines if he's the only guy pressuring those cornerback or the quarterbacks. Uh, and then on the back end, same thing, Denzel Ward. Love him. I think he's a lockdown cornerback. He's dealt with injuries. We've seen Greedy Williams and – um, my goodness, this name just jumped out of my head. Delpit, I've, I've been dealing with injuries all camp again. Mm -hmm. Like they, they haven't been out there and been healthy while they brought over 
Johnson, who I think is going to be phenomenal. I love the energy that it brings. All the interviews he does are just awesome. And, and then I really like uh, Newsom, the kid they drafted at, drafted at Northwestern. I don't think he's ready to start yet. So I think this defense is going to take a massive jump from where it was last year. And I think it's only going to keep improving with the way that they've handled this. But linebacker is a big concern still for me. I yeah. need to see these guys kind of do it. And when you play in the AFC North against – Three other teams that are going to run the ball with three really good running backs and then Lamar Jackson. You've got to have a good linebacking core and you've got to have a good defensive front to put pressure on the quarterbacks. And I just don't know if Clowney, if Clowney stays healthy all season, I think they're going to be higher. They're going to be closer to what you two ranked him. But if he doesn't, I think there's a shot that they're down here in the bottom 10, which is still not bad. I mean, that's a top, in my opinion, an elite defense because you got 32 teams, you're sitting in the top 10. That's elite. But I, I'm just a little bit worried about the injuries and lack of consistency. So, so Dennis went with Tampa Bay at nine, which I thought was interesting. That is actually the defense that ESPN has consensus number one. Number uh, one. So I thought that was interesting too. My number nine, I went with Washington. Um, I like their pieces. I guess I, you know, listening to seeing where Dennis ranked him and listening to you, I, I thought maybe I was a little low on them. I guess there were just other ones I liked more. Yeah. And I think for me, so that's where my 10 comes in and that's the Ravens. And I, I just, I'm, I, I, cause I, you, you're talking about how consistent they've been. And the more and more I thought about, it, they probably need to be higher in my rankings. I just, I kind of like the, the youth and the upside. Cause I think the one thing with Ravens, maybe I'm not rem- remembering this crap. I feel like they've got a lot of veterans who do, they do do a great job, but I feel like the youth of some of these other defenses is why I've kind of raised them up above Baltimore. I think Baltimore is going to be a little bit more pass happy and they seem to be just a little bit, not willing. They didn't willingly give up points, but they just seemed more prone to give vulnerable. Up yeah. Well, vulnerable. Yeah, vulnerable. That's the word I was looking for. I couldn't think of it. So that's why I went to the points route more vulnerable last year than they have the past couple of years. So I've got the Ravens here at 10. Did you yeah, just Dennis, 10 or? Dennis and I both have the Colts at 10. Okay. So I think you and I actually have the same 10 teams as our top 10, just slightly shuffled order. Gotcha. Yeah. So, and, yeah, because I'll, I'll just give you my bottom two because you guys, at least I know Dennis has mentioned both of them. I can't remember if you did. Yeah. Uh, my last two are 49ers bills. Those, those are my last two. The 49ers, um, it's the same thing kind of – well, not even the same thing as Ravens. I wanted to move them higher. It's just the injuries. And I want to see these guys bounce back because I love Bosa – I think that they've got a very interesting defense overall. Can they keep them all healthy? What do they look like? Because two years ago, they were amazing, but they've lost some of those players. It's kind of looking like a new team here. What What is this team actually going to do? They lose, uh, you know, Robert Slot. How much does that really matter? Because you heard all those guys talking about how much they love playing for him. How much does losing a guy like that possibly affect the defense? So I dropped them a little bit. And then the Bills, I mean, they've got McDermott. Wait, right? Sean McDermott? Or is that yeah. the actor? Okay, I always, yeah. I always, I always get confused because I know there's an actor who's Dylan. Is it Dylan McDermott? It's Dylan McDermott. Yeah, yeah I always, I was kind of confused as soon as I say my like, shit. I said the actor's name. Uh, who's he's always gonna have that defense ready to go. Uh, so then you just love American movie. Horror Story so much. I do. Now I was thinking so, about him in um, what's the movie? It's a, it's a, it's a romantic movie. It's the one that always pops up in my head when I think of him. I can't think of what it is now. He plays like a a dude who like goes to weddings and stuff with women and they pay him and then he ends up falling in oh, love with the girl. Oh, that's Dermot Mulroney. Oh, Mulroney. There we go. My bad. Who am I thinking of then? Who's Dylan McDermott? He was on The Practice, um, the TV show The Practice, Bobby Donald, and American Horror Story the first season. He was 
the protagonist. I didn't watch American Horror Story, but oh, he was I mean, in the new. Uh, he was in the new SVU series. I think I know who. You, I yeah, think yes, he was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He okay, was yeah. the he was the criminal. So uh, there's your TV history for today, yeah. folks. Anyways, yeah. Uh, Dennis's eleven is the Patriots, and twelve for him is the Saints. My eleven was the Buffalo Bills. Twelve was the Patriots. So you and I do have exactly the same teams in our top twelve, just slightly shuffled order, which kind of shows we're we're pretty close to consensus. Dennis only has uh, one team, uh, which is the saints uh, up in the top 12. It's different. I have them, you know, right around 14. I'm, I'm not convinced that having such a bad offense and having lost a couple of bigger pieces uh, due to salary cap issues won't have an adverse effect on them. Yeah. All right. So let's um, kickers here really quick. And we can kind of run through these guys fast. I'll give you, so my thoughts on kickers is unless you're talking about the top players, which I just closed out of my list because I was trying to order some pizza. So let me let me pull that back up really quick. Pizza might be more uh, appealing than kickers. It definitely is because I am starving. Uh, so outside of for there's three, yeah, you know what? I take that back. Four, four guys for me that I think are the best at their position: Justin Tucker, Tyler Bass, Harrison Butker, Young Ho Koo. Oh. If I don't get one of those four, I don't really care about anybody else. Like mm. I, I just I do the same thing with kicker that I do with defenses. You are missing one that Dennis and I both have way high in the top four. Who's that? Greg the leg, who's in Dallas. I have him at six. He hasn't been as consistent in my opinion. He's missed kicks more the past couple of years than he ever did when he was with the Rams. That's where I actually have Rodrigo Blankenship above him. I'm not uh, I mean, I have him at six, so it's not like I have him, but those those are my top six. I'll just read off my other ones. Uh, yeah. Joey Sly, Kymie Fairbane, Jacoby Myers, Jason Sanders, Ryan Suckup, and then Matt Gay. Those are my those are my top 12. So Dennis's top 12, he has Justin Tucker 1, Greg DeLeg, Zerline 2, Jason Sanders from Miami 3, Young Hoku 4, Harrison Butker 5, Tyler Bass 6, Ryan Suckup in Tampa Bay at seven. Uh, do not see him with an eight. Oh, eight. He was way down. Hold on. Do you go the Browns kicker? No, it just he went with Rodrigo Blankenship. I think it's because <laughs> I don't have him up anywhere. Uh, then nine for him was Jason Myers. Ten Mason Crosby in Green Bay. Um, 11, Matt Prater in Arizona and 12, Michael Badgley in the Chargers. For me, I went with Tucker as number one. Uh, I have Young Ho Koo, Atlanta, number two, uh, which can we reflect how amazing it is that we all have him up there uh, yeah. kind of high after the way he started? You know, I know he's a high draft pick, but it looked like he was going to wash out uh, kind of an amazing bounce back. I have Zerline three. Um, part of it could be for me when I was doing these kickers, some of it was how bullish I am on the offense. Uh, I have Harrison Butker four. Um, five for me is Jason Sanders in Miami. He actually has been a pretty high finisher the last couple of years. Uh, maybe probably because they settled for a lot of field goals. I actually have Matt Prater at six in Arizona. I think Arizona's got a good offense, and Matt Prater we had in Denver. He has an incredible leg. Uh, I have Jason Myers, seven. My eight is definitely Brandon McManus, another guy that has a big leg in Denver. I have Tyler Bass, nine, uh, ten, Robbie Gold, 
in San Francisco. I think they're a team that could kick a lot of field goals uh, as well, and he's always been a pretty consistent kicker. I have Rodrigo Blankenship 11 and Ryan Suckup 12. Is there any um, any kind of strategy you take with your kickers? Is it just kind of I'm going to um, – Kicker is probably one of the few places where I'm a giant homer. It's either uh, – I, I do like – to take Dallas kickers, but um, I will usually get McManus if he's not gone or mm-hmm. Matt Prater was uh, a kick, the kicker for us. So I will take him where he's at. Cause I like, like his leg. Um, I don't hit kicker early enough to get Justin Tucker because I think Justin Tucker has yeah. been universally regarded as the best as one of the best or the best care. I mean, he got the freaking franchise tag a couple years ago. So he's one of the few people, people know and there are again people will occasionally go up there and hammer kicker starting in like the 11th and 12th round i'm not there that i will take whichever kicker i like from an offense i like or that has a leg i like and i do stream tend to stream kickers um i think it's easier to stream kickers hardly anyone rosters more than than a kicker oh yeah i, I never I, I mean i won't lie to you uh, in the draft that I have next week in my one of my very few redraft leagues that I have left, uh, there is a guy who does. He drafts like a backup everything. He has a backup defense, backup quarterback, backup tight end, backup kicker, which I don't understand. I I, I don't even want to draft the defense and kicker. So what's your favors, so. what's your last draft of the year? Uh, my last one is the was that is it Labor Day Monday. Uh, no, Tuesday, yeah. Tuesday before the season kicks off, we have a draft, but it's just a, uh, it's like a, we, it's 26 man rosters. We keep 18. So it's like a rookie supplemental draft. It's not anything major. I'm doing it over zoom because they're doing it at like nine o'clock and I'm like, well, I have to be up at three o'clock in the morning. So I'm not driving all the way over to these people's house. So, but that's the last one. I've got one this weekend, uh, one Wednesday, one next weekend, then another one on Thursday, and then that one on Tuesday. How many do you have left? So I'm in a a couple right now, including our listener redraft league, which we'll probably talk about a little bit on Monday when Dennis is in, when we're a little further uh, down. I like how my team's coming together. Uh, I ended up in the two spot, you and Dennis, a little closer to the middle back. I like mine as well for how little I've paid attention to it, unfortunately, being as sick as I have. But I've just kind of like gone and that guy looks good and picked – and now that I've actually started paying attention to it the past two days, I'm like, oh, I'm actually kind of liking the way my team is shaping up. Um, but my last one is my work redraft, which we are going to do a party on Friday, September 3rd. That's the one my wife's coming to. She just sent me a message today that she wants us to make team shirts. So we're going to pick a fun team name and make little shirts. She's coming to that one. She's we have a, I got a trophy this year that we're going to do a presentation for. I got a little board. We're going to have lunch together. Um, so I look forward to it. It's a, a kind of a collegial thing, but that'll be my my last one. Get it in there right before the season starts. Yeah, I'm ready. It's it's one of my favorite, but also kind of like very hectic times of years is because you're so busy every weekend leading up. We got college football kicks off next weekend as well. So it's it's that time. We're getting ramped up, uh, ramped up for the season, and I cannot wait. So that uh, anything else, I, I will say that I am the same as you. If I can't get one of those top couple guys, I do the same thing. I just take the Browns kicker just as I'm like, because most of the time I don't ever end up with the Browns player because everybody thinks I'm going to like reach for him and I let him and then someone takes him way before I'm willing to like a Baker, Adele. I always try to get Chubb, but I never get him in any of those redraft leagues. So 
I which maybe this year, maybe I mean I got I I drew the sixth spot this year, and I'm keeping. Which you know what? I'll ask you because I'm I'm debating. I can't decide. I already asked you guys about this. I got to submit my keeper tonight. It's just one keeper, nothing major. But I'm the sixth pick, so it's Jonathan Taylor in the second, which then would be what the what is that? The twelve teams, the so seventh pick. Oh wait, how yeah. Many teams? 12 teams, 12 teams. Well, I was trying to think of what like number oh, yeah. was on so on the background. So, so it's seven uh, plus 12, 19, yeah. 19th pick or DeAndre Swift, who then would be the what would that be? The well, I guess that'd be the it? same thing. It'd be the fourth round. My biggest fear with Swift is I was listening to Sirius XM today and they were talking about he's been injured all camp and he I, hasn't I'm practiced Taylor that because he he should yeah, be no. a first round pick bar none in a 12 team league to me. Yeah. I oh, mean, I agree. Yeah. I have him as RB3 getting him at pick 19 being able to spend my pick 6 somewhere else. I, yeah, know, if it was if he was a first round pick then maybe you think about whether or not he would be there or I still probably would, but second round, I think it's no brainer over. Uh, I'm with you with Swift. I also, it bothers me a little bit that Anthony Lynn keeps talking about how much he loves Jamal Williams Jamal and how Williams. he can't wait to use them all. And also that Jared Goff's their quarterback. Yeah. Sure. It bothers Dennis too. <laughs> Every time he prepares himself mentally for the season. Yeah. I, um, that was what I was, I was hoping to get a higher pick because that's the way I wanted to leverage it was like if I get like a top three pick, so then he's like very toward the end of the second round, I get that great value for him, and then I get to pick again right away, which is why I picked the sixth Wait, pick. He I would be in the second low. round? You'd yeah, have yeah, to take a second, second round for Swift too? No, no, no. I'm talking about Taylor. Taylor's oh, been Taylor. the guy that I yeah. picked right now. And it, I was debating on because we we pick our drafts. Oh, ones, I see so, what you're saying. If you were yeah, like I was, pick one I was or two, that would be like a like twenty-two, one, two or three. Yes, yeah, so then I could get like a CMC or a Kamara because those guys got thrown back into the pool. Like, damn, if I could get one of them, and then Taylor wouldn't be till the end, like the twenty-third, twenty-fourth pick, and then I get to pick again right away. Uh, but then a bunch of people picked those picks as assholes. And then I'd, I, I, it was either between what I have six, eight, or 12. And I didn't want 12 because I was like, I just didn't. I, well, I, I wanted to grab a player. The worst value for a second round keeper. Yeah. I was like, I, well, not only that, what I was looking at too is first round, if I can get like a top six player, I'm going to do that because hopefully I get a really good running back still. Because there are always someone does some stupid crap in this league and someone's going to take like a. I mean, a couple of years ago, we had a quarterback go top five. So, like, maybe a Kamara or somebody is able to fall to me at six, and I can get that guy to pair with Taylor. So, I was like, I'm going to take six. All right. Let's talk a little bit of what if. Uh, it's been very interesting so far. We are two episodes in Marvel's animated series based off of what has happened with the multiverse breaking, as we saw at the end of Loki. Uh, and Captain Carter debuted in the pilot. What were your thoughts on the first episode? Uh, it was pretty interesting. I didn't know exactly how it was going to go. Um, I think I forgot to tell my wife it was animated. Yeah. And uh, that was a fun couple of moments when I was there. And she's like, what's this? This is the show. This is a yeah. cartoon. It's all right. It's a cartoon for adults. No cartoons yeah. are for adults. It was yeah, five minutes had- Pretty much the pretty much the same reaction that she started watching. She's like, "No, I'm not interested." Well, okay, bye. Now I don't yeah, have to I, wait. Now, so I'm happy about that. 
yeah, I was uh, not sure that she was. She decided she wanted to try the second episode because uh, I told her it was about Black Panther guy. Right. And it was his last uh, episode. But um, I thought it was good. It was interesting how closely it followed the plot in just a condensed version of, of the original Captain America movie. Um making a couple of small, you know, switches that she becomes, uh, that Peggy Carter becomes Captain Britain. But it's amazing. So I guess they're saying that no matter what, whoever the super soldier was, was destined to be frozen in ice for decades. Uh, that was kind of fascinating to me. Um, you know, and you saw Steve fall instead of Bucky, but he was in his like iron suit. Which I thought was very interesting. Also, the like original Iron Man, I guess, is the uh, way to look uh, at yes. that. So, also, they got the voice actors for everyone. Chris Evans, you're telling me you can't take a day and record some? Yeah. I mean, come on! It was so obvious that that was the one dude who was not the right actor, and it was even more pronounced. I thought when you went to night two where they went and got everybody from all these different Marvel ones in the second episode yeah. that are the real voices. And my wife's like, well, they didn't get the guy that is uh black Panther. I'm like, no, no, this was the last thing he recorded before he died. Oh, that makes it really special. Yes, it does. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I, I mean, I liked captain Carter. I thought it was, it was very interesting. Uh, as you just said, they didn't really change much. Obviously, you had, unless I'm misremembering, which I could be, because it's been a long time since I've seen Captain America. I don't remember the the tentacles and the 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 the, the octopus thing. So you had that was a little bit different. Her getting yeah. sent into the opposite timeline or whatever, and then coming out. Uh, I thought it was pretty cool to see Fury and Hawkeye there with that part. Obviously, is a little yeah. you know heartbreaking to see that. It, it was. For all intents and purposes, the same storyline, except now she unfortunately left Steve behind compared to compared to the other thing. Um, I just more that it was the destiny of whoever they were. It yeah, didn't yeah, matter yeah. that they made slight adjustments because they were able to get yeah. the Tesseract and they were able to beat uh, him in a different way. It didn't seem to matter. I, I, you end it, up frozen. I did think that was a very interesting that he just gets gets like killed by that whatever that beast was though. I wasn't expecting that. I thought there was gonna be like some fight and it's just like nope, dead. There goes Red Skull. It's like, oh, oh they only have well, thirty okay. minutes. They had to take so, a two and a half hour movie and condense it down yeah. to thirty minutes. Uh, but I did, uh, I, I did uh, like that. Uh, I thought it was it was good overall. It, it definitely had me excited about what was coming next but it is a it is an animated series obviously it seems like your wife wasn't thrilled about that my wife had no care for it whatsoever how did you feel about that though well, i mean i knew it was going to be an animated series it doesn't bother me but at the same time i guess it makes it a little i get i know why they're doing it so that they can kind of you know they're combining a lot of plot and doing a lot of things it's a lot easier to just uh, put that in to something that's animated and then have all these actors they can afford to have all these voices from the mcu come back if those guys just have to go in and record some adr in a studio for one day um so i didn't mind it um but it doesn't resonate probably as strongly as some of the other shows that we've seen it's harder for me to get emotionally i mean there are there are great animated series into the spider-verse uh, the Spider-Man yeah. Into the Spider-Verse, I think is fantastic. And that one's animated. So you can do it well. And I think they've been doing it well. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I've i liked both episodes so far. I think some of it too is you only get 
30 minutes where I think, you know, obviously it's hard to do because you just mentioned there's each episode where I'm, at least I'm being led to believe is going to be like a different story showing you of like what could have happened, right? Like what if this, that's the whole point of the beginning with the watcher. And we know that he is a major, he is a, a variant of Kane. Uh, so we, we, I, I mean, at least I know that I looked into that a little bit. So, and he's narrating all this stuff, talking about all these different multiverses and everything that have broken off. So maybe it's a little bit of that, that you don't get to kind of go in depth with a, you know, with WandaVision and Loki, where you had all these episodes all built up on them alone. That kind of gets you to care about these guys. You get 30 minutes and, and they're kind of hopefully playing on the feelings and everything that you had of these characters beforehand and what we've seen throughout the Marvel Cinematic Universe and, and what that, that pulls on you. Because I'll be honest, the second one did do that to me. And that was, as you already mentioned, we got to see Chadwick Boseman's final performance in this one. He um, is taken away by Yondu after he leaves the sanctity of uh, Wakanda and becomes Star-Lord uh, instead of um, Peter Quill. Uh, in this animated short, what did you think of, of that one? Because I'll be honest, I didn't overall love it, but I thought it was interesting. Yeah, so I, um, I think part of my struggle here is has been a little bit uh, in engaging. It's not that I haven't liked it. I haven't just haven't, I guess, loved it. Um I liked Agent Carter the show better than I probably like Captain America. You know that Captain America was my favorite. Um, so that one was, I thought that was more interesting. But Guardians of the Galaxy is by far my favorite Marvel movie, and I love those characters all together. It was a little bit strange. Also, I had sort of a hard time, like, with being a cool dude yeah that's I, me too you know that it's like oh here's thanos just sharing a beer with the guys and saving people and and being the life of the party and we're making jokes about his plan to eradicate half the world and like that was a little too tough you know since he was so much the big bad to roll in there um and i love peter quill yeah so it was a little weird um, I'm more, I would say I'm more looking forward to, we get glimpses of seeing Michael B. Jordan's character, uh, having some kind of role as a hero. I'm more interested in that and him with Tony Stark than I probably was seeing, um, the Black Panther get plucked out of the timeline and become like a raven, a ravager. It was interesting, like the impact that he had, they're saying that, you know, his, just being a cool guy was enough to convince Thanos to everybody. ditch his plan yeah. and, and for Yondu and and everybody to uh, to like become guys. homies to be saving the world. Yeah. Uh, so that was a little interesting. And you see Nebula, but it's weird. No reference to Gamora, um, yeah. who's just totally gone. Uh, that was weird. And you see, um, so you, obviously they never find Rocket or Groot, um, and then. You know, you see uh, blanking on his name right now. Drax. He's like a bar. Oh yeah, Drax is a bartender. Drax, yeah. At least his family was alive. That actually probably got me in the feels the most of anything in that episode. That idea, because you know, Drax, his love for his family and his regret about never being able to save them was so um, profound. But then the whole battle with the collector didn't totally work for me either. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was. 
interesting. I mean, I love the Drax scene as well, just because it it was just him. It was I, I think his his character is just so yeah. funny to me, and I, I love that whole thing. Like you looked horrible in the picture. Please let us take another. Like that whole that whole thing was just great. Obviously, knowing that it was Chadwick Boseman as well was very cool to see that. I, I'm with you on that. I didn't really love the storyline that oh, because he's just such a good guy, Thanos decided this was not the, the thing to do. I did find it a little bit funny that he kept bringing it up all the time, though, that he wanted to annihilate half the universe, and everybody was like, you're talking about genocide. He's like, no. I'm t- yeah, uh, that yeah, part yeah. I did that's, find that's a little... That's what you're calling it. And, you yeah, know, like, that part I did find... I found that to be a little bit funny at times. Um, I did like that they brought back the one dude um, who is uh, kind of like the uh, the guy who's stuck by Yondu through everything. Can't remember what his name is. Yeah, really skinny uh, Sean guy. Gunn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I like that. That's the I, actor. I, I like seeing, obviously, Yondu back again. Uh, that and is Taserface. Yeah. Uh, Yondu's, Yondu's, I mean, look, I'm going to, if you guys haven't seen it yet, spoiler alert, I guess. If, if you haven't seen Yondu's death, obviously, at the end of, like, that's one of the five, if you just, like, it's actually, my wife has cried. Like, that is, yeah. that that one kind of hits you in the feels a little bit. Uh, I mean, if they were spoiler averse, we ruined it when we said Thanos is, like, the life of the party. Well, yeah, that's true, I guess. Uh, but I, I, you know, overall, it was, it was a fun, my son really loved it. We were watching both of them together. He liked that mm-hmm. one a lot. I just... It didn't all that well work for me, in my opinion, uh, especially just with everything that because I'm with you. Like, I love Pratt as Star Lord, Ga- Guardians of the Galaxy is one of my favorites. And not even have Groot and Rocket in there, like you just said, no mention of Gamora. I just thought was was all really weird. And then to kind of yeah, end it's it the basically way that did, indicating that the Guardians would never have happened, you know, would not yeah. have existed. And for them for then end it the way that they did with like, because I doubt we're going to get any kind of follow up on what happens now that uh, uh, I, I don't remember what his name is. Um, Ego. Ego finds Peter Quill and working at a Dairy Queen. And, and then that's it. That's just that's the end of it. Well, like, he probably know. is going to treat him the way, you know, if you remember from that movie, he went and found all of his progeny. And when they weren't what he wanted, he kind of threw him away. Yeah. Or, you know, the pile of death. Either that or then they intimate Peter Quill becomes a bad guy, which would be a, a tremendous bummer, too. I I wanted to love it because I love Chadwick Boseman. I loved yeah. him in this character. And knowing this was the last thing he did, I was super hyped for it. He's still very good. He's still very likable. But it doesn't really give you exactly the closure. I kind of, I guess, now wish his last kind of Marvel thing would have been Endgame, where you see him coming out leading the forces of Wakanda was such a rah-rah moment. This yeah. felt a little a little strange. And also they rushed a little bit at the end to say I you know they told him his all of his people were wiped out and he seemed to just be cool and everybody else seemed to be cool when he found out that they weren't. Yeah. Yeah I was I was a little curious I was like, about uh, that as well. okay. I will. I will say that um, the end, though, when they said um, I can't remember in in honor or whatever that that got me a little bit. Just to it's yeah. kind of like that final yeah. nail in the in the coffin. Unfortunately, of like this, this it really yeah. is the the last thing we'll unfortunately ever get to see uh, of him. So what uh, what did you what are you enjoying it though so far? Like those the first two, and then what are you looking forward to the most? Because we haven't really been given any kind of hint. We've seen the trailer. I've only seen one. 
So I do, and now you can see if you obviously go on Disney Plus, you can see some of the stuff on the side of what is to come. But what are you looking forward to in the coming weeks? And how, I don't even know how many episodes are there. That's a good question. I was just trying to look, are, and I can't find. Anything. I think there are probably six because that's what they've been doing with these uh, series, and they have. There's like three or four more shows that they've guaranteed are popping before the end of the year, including. Um, Hawkeye and I know I can't wait for Hawkeye That's and a, another um, so let's see oh it shows 18 oh, that must be multiple um, so internet movie database is suggesting they're going to have nine nine okay all the way till October with this one um, you know I think the you know we only got glimpses of a few of the stories in the trailer and I know Disney made the first three episodes available early to critics. Uh, so from what I've seen from some of the critic groups that we follow, Ricky and some of uh, the people that have posted um, uh, a girl that I like, uh, who's a, who's a reviewer named Amanda said she thought the first episode did its job. The second episode was more compelling and she was really sold in emotionally invested by the end of the third. So I'm kind of looking forward to seeing where we go. And I believe the third episode has to do with Loki, but interesting. I'm not 100% sure. So that, that'll that be kind of interesting to see. Uh, I mentioned I'm curious. You know, you get glimpses of it in the trailer um, where uh, Michael B. Jordan's character from Black Panther intercedes uh, before Tony Stark gets captured. Kind of curious to see where, where that one goes. Um, could be an interesting spin i like the idea in general uh it's probably just a little bit to get used to because it undoes some of the classic stories and we're so at this point in time over is it 13 years worth of films so invested and wedded into these stories and the interconnecting nature it's kind of weird to see that turned on its head a little bit oh no what's going on here Oh, um, all right. Sorry about that. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm very interested in seeing what ends up going on with this. Uh, now that you say that, I'm really interested to see what happens in episode three. So I haven't hated it. Just I, I didn't. I guess you know nitpicking when I say the Thanos thing because overall I did uh, I did enjoy the episode. Uh, the last thing here before we get out of here, there has been talk uh, by some that they want to see these threads play out on the big screen. What do you think about that? Yeah. I know that was uh, really that was a really kind of popular uh, posting after seeing um, Captain Carter. You know, yeah. seeing how that played out. I'm fine with it the way the way it is. Uh, I like Jeffrey Wright, who's the watcher, who's narrating all these. I don't know if I really need to see, uh, you know, feature length film made out of it. Especially if they're not potentially going to get the real people back, right? And we, like the one we just saw, there's no way they could do it. Yeah, yeah. That's why I, I like it. You know, do I wish they could be a little bit longer to maybe flesh out the stories a little bit more? Yes, but overall, I think it it works well for what you were mentioning earlier. That like they have a lot of story to tell, and they're showing it. I, I imagine they're showing us this stuff for a reason. Like I think some of this is going to matter whether it's in doctor strange or whatever so i think that these little 30 minute quick animated episodes helps because as you said it 
it, it was cool to see all the actors come back for the most part and play those roles as well. So you still get Josh Brolin as Thanos and, you know, unfortunately it was the last step, that last thing we got to see of Chadwick Boseman, but all these guys, you know, Michael Rucker came back and was Yondu. Like it was cool to get all those guys back and, and actually voice those characters. So definitely interested to see where they go with the stories moving forward. So that will do it for us tonight though. You got preseason football here kicking off in just a little bit. We got Saturday full of games, and then we actually have a Sunday morning, Sunday night, and a Monday night football game as well. I cannot wait. Until then, we'll talk to you guys again on Monday. Matt, myself, and Dennis will be here. Everybody have yourself a good weekend. Prepare for glory! I don't know if you got your popcorn ready. Do you got your popcorn ready? I came out the wall line ready. And he's hit the end zone! For an unbelievable touchdown! I would be honored if you played football for this team. Throw it up above his head. They can't jump with me. Golly! Over the tackle of the 40-yard line. Who can make a play? I can! Who can make a play? I can!